0: Return to our seats tonight in our Bible study. We're going to be in Joshua chapter 4. Uh, Joshua chapter 4, we're going to read the uh, end of the chapter tonight and look at some different verses throughout the chapter. And I want to consider this thought tonight together the importance of remembering. The importance of remembering. From Joshua 4. And we're going to begin reading tonight in verse number 19. I invite you, if you would, to stand with me out of respect for the reading of God's Word as you are able. Joshua chapter 4, beginning in verse number 19. The Bible says this, And the people came up out of Jordan on the tenth day of the first month, and encamped in Gilgal, in the east border of Jericho. And those twelve stones which they took out of Jordan did Joshua pitch in Gilgal. And he spake unto the children of Israel, saying, When your children shall ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean these stones? Then ye shall let your children know, saying, Israel came over this Jordan on dry land. For the Lord your God dried up the water of Jordan from before you, Until ye were passed over, as the Lord God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up from before us, until we were gone over. That all the people of the earth might know the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty, and that ye might fear the Lord your God forever. Tonight, let's consider the thought, the importance of remembering. Father, we love you. And as we take some time tonight and turn our hearts to your word, I pray that you would give us, Lord, ears to hear, hearts to obey. Truly, Lord, in these moments, let your word and let your spirit have free reign among us. Lord, that we might be more like your son. Help us, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. To give you a little context, God had just brought the children of Israel into the promised land. And so for those of you who remember, God had brought them out from Egypt under the leadership of Moses. They had crossed the Red Sea and then they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. Years. Eventually, after the 40 years were up, Moses passed off the scene, Joshua came on the scene, and it was time for the children of Israel to enter into the promised land. In Joshua chapter 3, we find Israel on the banks of the swollen Jordan River. And God worked a miracle splitting the Jordan River and bringing them into the promised land. And I'm going to tell you, church, this reality that God was, was bringing them into the promised land is no small detail to be rushed through. Centuries-old promises were being fulfilled. God had promised Abraham way back in Genesis 12, beginning in verse number 1. And the Lord had said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house into a land that I will show thee, and I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. In Genesis 13, we see God uh, elaborate a little bit more on this promise to Abraham. And the Lord said unto Abraham, After that Lot was separated from him, up now thine eyes, and look from the place where thou art northward and southward and eastward and westward. For all the land which thou seest, to thee will I give it to thy seed forever. Now, that didn't happen right away. Abraham wandered, his son Isaac wandered, his son Jacob wandered, and we find hundreds of years past, Israel sojourned in Egypt in slavery, but now, after hundreds of years, promises were being fulfilled. And just as God had brought Israel out of bondage by splitting the Red Sea, God had brought Israel into blessing by splitting the Jordan River. If you go back to chapter 3 beginning in verse 15, look at the description here. And as they that bear the ark were come unto Jordan, and the feet of the priests that bear the ark were dipped into the brim of the water, for Jordan overfloweth all his banks during the time of the harvest." that the waters which came down from above stood and rose up upon an heap very far from the city Adam that is beside And, and And those that came down towards the Sea of the Plain, even the Salt Sea, failed and were cut off, and the people passed over right against Jericho. And the people that bear, and the priests that bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan. And all Israel passed over on dry ground until all the people were passed clean over Jordan. I'm gonna tell you, this was a very important moment for the children of Israel. God was bringing them into blessing. Bring them into the promised land. And we find at the beginning of Joshua chapter 4 that the Lord commanded that Israel take very intentional measures to remember what had happened. We're going to read as we go through the uh, chapter tonight. We're going to find that the Lord God instructed that a man from every tribe was to take a stone upon his shoulder from the midst of the Jordan River and that those stones would be heaped together in a memorial of what God had done for the children of Israel. You know, church, it's important that we remember. We live in a culture that films, photos, and posts the present. We live in a culture that pines for the future. But we live in a culture that has very little perspective on the past. But knowing where we've come from helps us know where we are. And knowing where we've come from and where we are helps us navigate where we're going. And so tonight I want to look at a couple of thoughts from this chapter about the importance of remembering. Roman numeral one tonight, consider this thought with me, a purposeful marker. A purposeful marker, not not maker, but marker. That was probably my typo, and I'm sorry about that. Look at verses 19 and 20. The people came up out of Jordan on the tenth day of the first month and encamped in Gilgal in the east border of Jericho. And those twelve stones, which they took out of Jordan, did Joshua pitch in Gilgal. So the instructions that God had given was for the tribes, a man from every tribe to take a stone from where they were in the Jordan River and to take that stone from where they were to where they were going, Gilgal. So this purposeful marker that God had them make, you've got to think with me tonight. Number one, intention was required. They had to be intentional about what they were doing. Not only was intention required, intention was required, but effort was required as well. From the Jordan River to Gilgal, it's about 46 miles. Carry a stone on your back like that. But it was a moment worth remembering. How many of us recognize that there are some things in our lives that need to be remembered? You know, I think for our country, we've got some things set up. We have Memorial Day where we remember those who have fallen that we might be free. Just a couple of days ago, we had uh, a remembrance of 9-11 and uh, those things that happened uh, a couple of decades ago. And we remembered, and rightfully so, But just like there are some things in our lives and in our cultures that need to be remembered, church, I think we have to be intentional and we have to give some effort because there are some spiritual moments in our lives that need to be remembered as well. There are some moments that you have experienced, some times when you've seen God's promises being fulfilled, when you've seen prayers being answered. There have been some times when you've seen the power of God in your life. You've witnessed the providence of God leading your life. You've known the presence of God in your life, the peace of God in your life. There are some times where you have seen God doing some incredible things. And I'm going to tell you, There are moments in our lives that we need to remember. Psalm 103, beginning in verse number 2, says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. You know, we live in a a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately kind of culture. You know, it's very easy for us to forget uh, about what was done for us yesterday. What was done for us the day before. What was done for us last week, last month, last year. Because we're looking for what's next. But the psalmist says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Verse number 3, Who forgiveth all thine iniquities. You know what? We need to remember the fact that we've been saved. That ought not be something we rush past. We ought to intentionally give some effort to remembering we are saved. Maybe we can remember where we got saved or who we were saved with or who gave us the gospel. Maybe it was a verse in particular that God used. But man, just taking some time to remember that the Lord has saved my soul. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases. You know, some of us have seen God work miracles in our lives physically. Some of us have seen God bring us through deep, deep waters of of cancer or disease or heart issues or organ issues. We've seen God do some miraculous things on our behalf. We do well to remember what God has done. Verse number 4 who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. You know what? It's good for us just to stop and remember how good God has been to us. Just to stop and remember and and, and put those details in our hearts and minds and lives. Verse number five, if you would, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. And you know what happens as we have this like purposeful marker that that we set up in our hearts and in our lives and we remember what God has done, how he saved our soul, how he brought healing and blessing and help and and all of the wonderful things. You know what happens? We, We We have to stop and realize, first of all, why do we do this? Why do we set up these purposeful markers? Well, quite simply because God is worthy to be praised for what he's done. God is worthy to be praised for what he's done. Psalm 105, verse number 2 says this. Bless the Lord. Psalm 105, if you would, David, verse number 2. All right, we'll go to verse number 5 then. Well, that's still Psalm 103. Give me Psalm 105, if you could. And we can turn there, church. Psalm 105, let's look at verse number 2. There the Bible says, Sing unto him, sing songs unto him, talk ye of all his wondrous works. Verse number 5, remember his marvelous works that he hath done, his wonders and the judgments of his mouth. Boy, church, we do well just to stop and remember sometime. Set up some intentional, purposeful markers to remember what God has done. You know, I think if nothing else, remember when you got saved and have a marker. Have a reminder. Set something up to remind you about what God has done on your behalf. Remember when God has brought healing and have a reminder. Remember when God answered that prayer and set a marker. Remember, uh, uh, a reminder is an intentional way to help us remember what God has done. And it's so important for us to remember to have these purposeful, intentional markers. Why? Because God is worthy of our praise. So we see that God had... Joshua and the children of Israel set up a purposeful marker. But this marker was meant to serve as a powerful memorial. Let's look at the beginning of the chapter. We'll start in verse number 1. And it came to pass that when the, when all the people were clean passed over Jordan... But the Lord spake unto Joshua, saying, Take you twelve men out of the people, out of every tribe a man, and command ye them, saying, Take you hence out of the midst of Jordan, out of the place where the priest's feet stood firm, twelve stones, and ye shall carry them over with you, and leave them in the lodging place where ye shall lodge. This night, So that's really the context for what we see happening in, in verses 19 and 20. When the people got to Gilgal and they pitched the stones there as a memorial. But I find it interesting that in this chapter, though the Lord doesn't command it, Joshua sets up his own memorial as well. Look at verses 8 and 9. The Bible says this, And the children of Israel did so, as Joshua commanded, and took up twelve stones out of the midst of Jordan, as the Lord spake unto Joshua, according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, and carried them over with them into the place where they lodged, and laid them down there. And Joshua set up 12 stones in the midst or in the middle of Jordan in the place where the feet of the priests which bear the Ark of the Covenant stood and they are there unto this day. So we really have two memorials in this chapter. We have the one that the Lord commands, and those are the stones taken out of Jordan and carried to Gilgal. And then we have Joshua setting up in the midst of Jordan, really his own memorial in remembrance of what the Lord had done. And we see these memorials being set up. You know, it is a reminder that God is worthy. And God is worthy. Amen, church? But I'm going to tell you, it wasn't just a marker, just to, just to note that God was worthy. But it was a memorial with a message. It was a reminder, yes, that God was worthy. But it was also a reminder of when they were weak, God was strong. When the Jordan overflowed its banks and there was nothing they could do, God stepped in. It was a reminder that when they couldn't make a way, that God had made a way. And the memorial they set up brought with it a powerful perspective. (coughs) And brought with it as well a powerful confidence. Look with me over at Joshua chapter number 3. Joshua chapter number 3 and look at verse number 9 and we'll start in 9 and we'll we'll run through verse 13. So this is Joshua preparing the children of Israel to cross the Jordan. Verse number 9 and Joshua said unto the children of Israel come hither and hear the words of the Lord your God. Verse number 10 And Joshua said, Hereby ye shall know that the living God is among you, and that he will without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Hivites and the Perizzites and the Girgashites and the Amorites and the Jebusites. So what we're about to see is going to do what? It's going to give the children of Israel confidence in what God has still yet promised to do. Verse eleven: Behold, the ark of the covenant of your Lord, of the Lord of all the earth, passes over before you into Jordan. Now take you therefore twelve men out of the tribes of Israel, out of every man a tribe, and it shall come to pass that as soon as the soles of the feet of the priests that bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of Jordan, that what that the waters of Jordan shall be cut off from the waters that come down from above, and they shall stand upon and heap. We already read it. What happened when the priest's feet entered the water? Exactly what God said would happen. But I want you to go back and look at verse number 10. Hereby ye shall know that the living God is among you, and that he will without fail drive out from among you all the ites. All right, we won't run the list again. All of the ites. All of the ites are bad guys. Except for the Israelites, and sometimes they were the bad guys too. But that's, that's a whole other lesson. But uh, at any rate. Did you notice, though, in verse number 10? The he will. Why was it the children of Israel were able to have perspective and confidence <laughs> For what God had promised to do. Because of what God had already done. And so these markers. These memorials that we set up. Yes they are a reminder to me. That he is worthy of my praise. And he has done great things. But it is also a reminder. Not only that he is worthy. But it's a reminder that he is with me. It's a reminder that He is for me. It is a reminder that He goes before me and that He is faithful to me. And I can have confidence in what He has promised because I can see what He has already performed on my behalf. By the way, Paul gives us this principle as well in the New Testament. Romans chapter 8, look at verse 31. What shall we say to these things? If God be before us, who can be against us? By the way, from an earthly perspective, there are some pretty mean, scary things that can be against us. From an earthly perspective, I mean, that's an easy verse to read. Sometimes that's a hard verse to live. But what's it based on? Look at verse 32. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Where does the confidence to keep going, keep believing, keep trusting, keep looking for the promises, where does the confidence and the perspective to keep, keep going for the he wills, where does it come from? Because I can see what he's already done. He gave his son. And that's why when we get to the end of the chapter, Beginning in verse 37, Paul says this, no, in all these things, what? We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Paul says, for I am persuaded. Here are some of those scary things from an earthly perspective that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities Nor things, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so I can have confidence in what He's promised because I can see what He has already performed on my behalf. And so these purposeful markers, they provide for me a powerful memorial. And as I remember, I can gain comfort. I can gain confidence. I can gain clarity. And these markers, these memorials, are not a superstitious thing. But rather an intentional reminder that God hasn't failed me. That God won't fail me and that he cannot fail by the way, the Lord has given us a couple of memorials to remember. I think one of the, one of the ones that uh, we, we often look to is that of the Lord's Supper. What is that? We're told this do in remembrance. It, it is a memorial that the Lord has left for us to remember what He has done. We are to remember the Lord's death until when? Until He comes. And so the Lord has given us that as a church. And the Lord gives us individual things as well. And so, yes, remembering is important. The importance of remembering. Remembering, what does it do? It nurtures reliance. You know, I think it would be a wonderful thing. We talked about salvation. Those of you who know the day you got saved, the date you got saved, where you got saved, write it in your Bible. Put it, put it get somebody to, to stitch it and put it on the wall of your home. Let the world know what God has done. You be reminded of what God has done. You know, some of you the Lord has brought through through great difficulty. Find a way to remember what God has brought you through. You know, for me... You talk about whether it's writing the day of your salvation or having a picture or doing this or that or having a verse in your Bible in your home. Uh, maybe, it's a, maybe it's a picture of, of a time in your life. Maybe it's a, a prayer journal uh, where, where you record answered prayer. Maybe it's a devotional journal. I think one of the memorials for me personally, it hangs on my office wall. This photograph, I believe, was snapped by Brother Dave Weirich. Is that true? Remember? I think so. You may not be able to see it too clearly, but the shiny bald head in the middle, that belonged to me. Those were some of the dark days of chemotherapy and no hair and lost about 40 pounds. I could stand to lose a little bit of that today, but again, another topic for another time. But those were very dark days. And we were at a basketball tournament down in Wapakoneta. And they, they stopped the whole tournament. They called every team, every fan that was there down on the court to gather around me and ask the Lord to do something special and bring healing. And God did. The only reason I'm pretty sure Dave took this picture because, you know, I, he's the only one I know who'd be taking pictures during prayer. So, uh, but... Uh, <laughs> this hangs in my office and it reminds me of what God has done you know what you've got some moments that God's brought you through some things that God's answered some prayers that God's done some special things you know it's amazing We, 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 we film and we photo and we post the present and we pine for the future but man we do a terrible job remembering the past I'm going to tell you, when we take those things God has done and we have an intentional, a purposeful marker, it does some things for us. It reminds us, first of all, that God is worthy. Amen. It reminds us, second of all, that God is with me. He's not left me or forsaken me. I want you to see one other thing tonight. Let's jump back to the end of Joshua chapter 4 we're going to pick up in verse 21. And He spake unto the children of Israel, saying, When your children shall ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean these stones? Then ye shall let your children know, saying, Israel came over this Jordan on dry land. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of Jordan from before you until ye were passed over, as the Lord your God did the Red Sea, which he dried up from before us until we were gone over, that all the people of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord, excuse me, is that it is mighty, and that ye might fear the Lord your God forever." Why is it important to remember? We, we see first a purposeful marker. We see secondly a, a powerful memorial. But thirdly tonight, consider this a perpetual meaning. It's important for us to remember, yes, because God is worthy. Amen. It's important for us to remember because God is with me. Amen. But I think it's important for us to remember it finally tonight. Not just because God's worthy and not just because God's with me, but also because God's still working. God's not done. And the generations that are coming along, they need to know about their God. They need to know who He is. They need to know what He's done. Psalm 78 and verse number 4, the psalmist writes, We will not hide them from their children. Showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and His strength and His wonderful works that He has done. In Psalm 145 and verse number 4, One generation shall praise thy works to another and shall declare thy mighty acts. You know, the moment of the memorial may pass away, but the meaning of the memorial lives on. And church, we have a responsibility to the generations to come. Psalm 71 and verse 18, the psalmist says, now also when I am old and gray headed or bald headed for some of us, oh God, Forsake me not until I have showed thy strength unto this generation and thy power to everyone that is to come. You notice this memorial that they set up? Yes, it was for them to remember. But one of the great and meaningful purposes of this memorial was that the generation to come might know what God had done. And church, I'm going to tell you, you and I have a responsibility to relay it. You see, the memorial that they had set up, the marker that they had set up, it was designed to evoke curiosity. What does this mean? The children would ask. You know, as this hangs in my office, many, many times people have come in and said, what in the world is that picture on your wall? And every single time, you know what I've gotten to do? I've gotten to tell them about how good God is and how great God is and how faithful God is. I say, you want to know what that picture is all about? Let me tell you. But you know what, church? That doesn't happen unless we have the marker. Unless we have the marker. It's designed to evoke curiosity. Curiosity. So I'm going to tell you, let the generation to come see it. Find a way to to, to memorialize the fact that the Lord has saved your soul. Write it in your Bible. Put it on the wall. Why? So the grandkids and the kids will come over and say, hey, what's that? And you'll be able to say, well, let me tell you. Let me tell you. Let me tell you about what that is. Let me tell you about how God saved my soul. Let me tell you about how God brought healing. Let me tell you about how God answered prayer. Some of you husbands might be mad at me. But ladies, we take all these pictures, print them out and put them in a book. Make it spiritually significant. Preacher, are you telling us we should scrapbook? If that's your thing, go for it. And there you go, all right? Where'd that come from? All right, from the back. Sorry, Frank. So... Scrapbookers unite. (laughs) But do what? Set up a memorial. Set up a marker that you can go back to and say, you know what? Let me show you what God has done. Let me show you what prayers God has answered. Let me show you how great and wonderful our God is. The generation to come needs to know that God didn't just work in the pages of this book, but that he worked in my life and in my heart, and he's answered my prayer, and he's done great things, but he's not done working. That he wants to work in and through them as well. The generation to come needs to see how God has saved you and healed you. He needs to understand how he brought you and your wife together, how he kept you and your wife together. They need to see that card someone sent you in tough times. What will it do? It will evoke curiosity. They'll ask the question. And when they ask the question, it's an opportunity for us to help them make that connection. About how great, how wonderful, and how faithful our God is. You can provide them context for where they have come from spiritually. You can provide them context for where they're headed. You can illustrate to them that God's plans are good and that God's promises do not fail. The generation to come needs to know that God didn't just work in the Bible. Oh, some of us have the old football jersey or the old baseball that we hit for the triple or the home run or that we struck out the last guy. We've, we've got this. Oh, what are those? Those are markers. and There's nothing wrong with those things. But shame on us if the only markers and memorials our kids ever see are worldly things that pass away. And we never take the time To remember and to set a marker on those things that matter for all eternity. A perpetual meaning. Kind of a different thought tonight, but I think an important thought. Again, we live in a culture, we film the present. We photo the present. We post. Doesn't it drive me? It drives me crazy. Like something really cool is happening and nobody's, nobody's paying attention to what's happening because everybody's doing this. I'm like, put your phone down and actually like be present. But whatever. It's our generation. We film it. We post it. We pine for the future. But we are terrible at remembering our past. So here's the deal. I talked to some more seasoned saints in here tonight, right? A few teenagers, but most of us are seasoned saints. We can sit around and complain about it. And pine for the good old days. Or we can show them differently. That's right. And we can set some markers in our lives. Set some spiritual stones down in our lives. For things that God has done. Wonder what spots you could mark tonight. Your salvation. Answered prayer. Oh God's done much for us hasn't he? What are some spots you could mark tonight? He's worthy. He's with you. And praise God he's still working. And this world needs to know it. Father, we love you. And Lord, I